I love it. I love it. So, uh, first of all, I just want to just say that it's an honor to be up here before you all and um, that you would come and listen to me speak, of all people. Uh, but uh, I got to give honor real quick to the pastor who's obviously not here today. Um, you know, pray for them as they're traveling home from their vacation today. I know that some of their family's here, but I know they're still uh, driving home uh, from South Carolina. So please be in prayer as they get make it home safely. But I want to give honor to him today uh, for allowing me to get up here and talk to you guys and uh, preach a little word. So uh, before we get started on the video real quick, I just want to say, and I kind of said a little bit a second ago, but you know, today's message is all about putting the storm aside and focusing on the blessings that are right in front of you. And uh, it's, I get, it's just about putting God first. And I think that us in this church, uh, we do a pretty good job of that, but we can always do better. And uh, i got a little video that we're going to play uh, and uh, a little message. It'll be fairly quick, uh, so I won't keep you very long today. Um, I hope you enjoy it. So go ahead. Will not put my feet on the floor in the morning until I talk to God. ways. You see, here's the thing that you don't want to do. I found myself many years ago trying so hard to work God into my schedule. And finally one day the Lord said, why don't you just work your schedule around me? So are you trying to find a place to put God into your schedule? Or would you be willing today to say, God, from now on, you're going to be first, and I don't care what else has to go or what I have to change, what I have to make an adjustment in. I want to keep you first in my life in everything. Let me tell you, being a Christian just does not work out right if God is a sideline in your life. He doesn't want to just be part of your Sunday morning. He wants to be welcomed into and be a vital part of everything that you do. Millions of people believe in Jesus and go to church on Sunday. 
but God is not first in their life. He puts you first in his life. Do you know that? Every single one of you is first in God's thoughts. And I want you to understand this today. You are on God's mind all the time. He's always thinking about you. We could not even count the thoughts that God has toward us. They would be like little grains of sand on the beach. Before you ever arrived on planet Earth, God made a plan for every single day of your life. He won't force you to walk in it, but he would like you to walk in it. He would like to guide you and lead you through life. And literally, let me say it again, be involved in everything you do. In every decision you make, God wants to be part of it. That's what Jesus died for us to have. Boy, we sure need God when we're desperate. Well, you know, we can't just go to God when we're desperate. That's not a walk with God. You say, you mean to tell me that I need to spend time with God every day? How about like about every five minutes? God is not for the emergencies in our life. He is our life. Well, so we can just keep trying to do a bunch of stuff without him and just fail time after time and hopefully we'll finally get it that's what happened to me now some of you are still young enough that you think oh man i just i gotta get married i gotta have kids i gotta climb the ladder of success you know well that's good do all that but if you do all that without god you'll come to the end of it and you'll still be very dissatisfied <laughs> you're gonna be like a person roaming around in the wilderness seeing one mirage after another that you think has got the water that you need. Well, this will make me happy. Well, this will make me happy. Well, this will make me happy. Nothing is going to make you happy, content, and satisfied. You may, you may go and enjoy a vacation, and you're happy while you're there, but who wants to just enjoy certain events and days in their life? I want to enjoy every single ordinary day of my life. So, we're going to be in the book of Genesis this morning. And uh, first of all, before we get started, can we just give a round of applause to our sound folks who are uh, working like crazy back there? <laughs> Y'all don't realize how much work they do back there sometimes, I think. But, uh, alright, so we're going to be in the book of Genesis this morning, uh, 42, and I'm sure... Uh, who have it up there? I'm, 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 I'm ringing a little bit. Is that okay? <laughs> 42, verse 6. And this is uh, the story of Joseph. And we're all kind of familiar with it how his brothers uh, sold him in a hole, sold him into slavery, and God meant that story for good. I'm still very worried. <laughs> I keep hearing myself reverberating. <laughs> but, all right, so we'll keep going. So anyway, um, so in the book of Genesis, we, we know the story. So we're going to go 42, chapter 42 and verse 6. It says, and Joseph was the governor over the land. 
Whence come ye? And they said, From the land of Canaan to buy food. And Joseph knew his brother, brethren, but they knew him not. So the point in this story is that they're related to somebody. His brothers are sitting in front of him. He recognizes them, but they don't recognize him. They're related and don't recognize each other. And in order for them to benefit from the relationship that they had previously, they had to eventually come to recognize him as their brother. And later we'll see that Joseph revealed himself to them. Because he was a part of the family, and they had told their father that he was dead, and now they needed him greatly. And this is a moment of great family healing. We'll just take just a quick second and focus on this real, real shortly. This is a moment of great family healing. Joseph here is trying to make it comfortable. And if you have a family, you'll have these moments as well. Or if you've been married for very long, you'll have these moments where you have to stop fighting over the issue and recognize that you're on the same side. We don't need to attack the person, but we need to attack the issue at hand. And sometimes we don't recognize someone to be an ally or a brother, and it will affect whether or not we're able to change the situation. And sometimes that can lead to divorce in a marriage or years of family turmoil, fighting within amongst each other. And it's important to see that this story is actually kind of a picture or a shadow of when Christ would come unto his own and they would not recognize him. Let's go to John 1, 10 through 14. John 10 or John 1, 10 through 14 says, He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. The world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as he has received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on His name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, but the will, or the will of man, but of God. It says, He was in the world, and the world knew Him not. They didn't recognize Him when He was there. God here wrapped Himself in flesh, and like Joseph did, He disguised Himself to be a carpenter's son. And yet they still did not recognize him. The next verse says, almost as if he's family here, like Joseph's family. It says, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. That is him coming unto his, his, his own family, and his own family didn't receive him. In the next verse it says, he gave, the power, gave them the power to become the sons of God, even them that believe unto his name. 
This is the whole born-again experience. It revolves around, do you recognize him to be the Son of God? Do you recognize him to be the master of your life? Salvation does not depend on whether or not you believe God exists. Because God can exist and you still not be saved. You must recognize him to be the savior of your life. You must recognize him to be the Lord of lords and the king of kings. And that's what brings about salvation. It's not anything else. It is simply, do you recognize him to be your savior? It's possible in the world to, or to be in the world and to enjoy the world. Or to be in a storm and not recognize him. Like when the apostles were with Jesus all day and he sent them away in a boat so that he could go pray. We're going to switch over to Mark 6, 45 through 52. Mark 6, verse 45 says, And straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and go to the other side before Bethsaida, while he sent away the people. And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And and when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the land. And he saw them toiling and rowing in the wind, was, for the wind was contrary unto them. And it was about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed them by. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed that it was a spirit, and cried out. For they all saw him, and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them. And saith unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And he came up to them in the ship, and the wind ceased. And they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure, and wondered. You see here, when Jesus came walking on the water, they didn't recognize him. They thought he was a ghost. You see, they they recognized him in the good times, because he had been with them all day. He had been talking to them and preaching to them all day. But when the storm came, they failed to recognize him and thought it was a spirit. So they recognized him in good times, but not in the bad. And there are some people today that recognize God in the good times, but when the storm comes, they say, where is God? Even though he's walking right towards them. That's why we need to talk about our ability to recognize God when things are tough. Or when, it's, when you're hurting. Or when there's an addiction in your life. Can you recognize Him in the storm or are you so distracted by the storm 
that you don't see God coming right at you? Are you distracted by the storm so much so that you think God is actually a ghost or a spirit that passes you by? Are you so distracted by the storm that you don't realize that God is right there in the storm with you? Has the enemy distracted you so much that you don't recognize God? In fact, sometimes I believe the devil creates storms just to distract you. To keep you from recognizing God in that situation. What I'm trying to say is that the devil can distract you with a storm so that you don't see God coming towards you. You see, just like when we were reading in Genesis, when Joseph's brothers were so distracted by the famine that they didn't recognize their own brother. And again, in order for them to get what they needed, they needed to recognize that their own brother was sitting right in front of them. You can be right beside the best blessing in your life and not even recognize it. We should take a second before praying about the storm and pray that God would open our eyes to see what we don't recognize. To stop seeing the storm and start seeing the blessing that's walking right in front of us. I feel as people we tend not to see blessings because we're blinded by the enemy and distracted by the things that are going on in our lives. We start to not see blessings that are all around us because of that storm. Do you ever wonder why someone can go to church and be blessed beyond measure, but another one will go home and only gossip about the bad things that went on at church? It's because we're choosing to see the storm and not the blessings. I believe we may be coming in a time in our country and just thinking about all the things that are going on that there are going to be more and more storms all around us. Many will choose to see the storms. Many will choose to see the wars that are going on. Many will choose to see the famine, the afflictions, that we're fighting in daily life or anything else that may be trying to stop us from recognizing that Jesus is there with us. And I feel like many, so many will focus on those storms that they'll fail to see when God splits the eastern sky. And I hate to say it, but I feel that some in this church may see the storms around us, but not the blessing that this church is to each, us, each of us. And believe me, I feel that we are coming to a day in this world where our church family is going to be more and more and more important. So I urge you today to pray to see the blessings and not focus on the storm. Pray for sight to see the huge blessing that's right around the corner. You guys will never know how much this church means to me. 
because I ran from what was a storm of being in the, in the work of God. And I didn't see how much of a blessing that it would be to be here. It's important for all of us to understand how important church is and to focus on the fact that God is here standing in our midst. So as I wrap up today, and praise team, you can start coming forward. Maybe today you might think, I need to come and pray. The altar is always open here. It's one of the things I love about this church. Our altar is always open. So as we pray, I hope that you'll take just a second and pray that God would reveal the blessings in front of you. That He would show you what He's shown me, that it's so important to recognize the church's role in our family, in our world today. And how it is important for each one of us to recognize the blessing that it is to have a family, to have a church that's before us. Folks, we know that this world is going to wax worse and worse. But that's when our church family is going to get stronger and stronger. And the blessings are going to be overflowing the people that love God. We just have to stop focusing on the storms around us and start putting God first and start focusing on the blessing that's walking right in front of us as we pray. Our precious Heavenly Father, today we want to ask that you would help us to look past all the storms. Look past all the distractions that the enemy brings our way. And begin to recognize the blessings that you have for us that are staring at us right in the face. We pray that we would not see the storms inside the church, but we would see the blessing that is the church family. That we might have our eyes opened to the blessings that this church brings us each and every week to the blessings that you bring us each and every week and each and every day. May we focus on all the blessings that are right in front of us and know that we have such a good church family here together. Lord, we thank you for your blessings. We ask that you would just open our eyes to them more often. We thank you for this day. And we ask these things in your precious heavenly name.